This device isn't a spaceship. It's a time machine. Goes backwards, forwards. Takes us to a place where we ache to go again. It's not called the wheel. It's called the carousel. Hello and welcome to the Carousel Podcast. I am here with a returning guest, one of my favorite people to talk to on the internet. Uh, because you have such fascinating, you really like to talk about the exact same shit I like to talk about, which is like the meaning of movies and music and culture and shit. And so I could just talk to you all fucking day. Welcome to the show again. Last things. Thanks, Isaac. It's it's awesome to be back, man. And uh, same. Yeah. Yeah. Th- thanks for participating in the festival as well. You're you're you're. Uh, Invited me on to chat about it, but he is also a um, valued guest for the 2023 Last Picture Shows Film Festival. It's a pretty fucking good episode. I'm, why am I swearing so much? I'm sick. I'm ill, <laughs> as you can see on, on the camera. I'm using a new camera here uh, because it's easily attaches to my phone. So tell me what the viewers on YouTube, which is like 1% of my audience, uh, nobody actually watches this on YouTube, but... Um, <laughs> You know, uh, I, I just throw it up there because, like, I feel like some people like to kind of, like, listen while they work on YouTube, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think even people that, wa- like, quote-unquote, watch things on YouTube, I bet 90% of the time they're just listening to it on YouTube. It's just that it's content not on a podcast app, you know? Exactly. So I just throw it up there because I'm like, especially somebody like you, uh, last things, I think our our episode, our previous episode is one of my most watched on YouTube because you have like a YouTube presence. Like people know, know you on YouTube, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's like, that's where they're going to like feel comfortable finding you, you know, I should do a, I should do a poll. Cause I mean, I, I, I guess, you know, when I have to like give little um, blurbs or, or bios, I, I, I say video essayist, but I put in a lot of damn, damn time into the, the visuals. So people yeah. be better better be looking at them, but <laughs> I don't know. Maybe people just listen to the to the audio. Who knows? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, I mean, I yeah, right. You you because you do these great video essays where you dig into the meaning of of film and movies. You know what I really also realized is I went to a, a very prominent tech holiday party. I won't say what exactly. And, you know, it was like all these tech people and it was all these politics people. And the thing about tech people and politics people is they talk like inside baseball, right? They talk like they they talk the inside baseball of their industry, right? Mm -hmm. Politics is really unbearable because it's all who's who, it's names, you know, it's this person said this and this person said this. And I remember that from D.C. Like I lived in D.C. to get I went to college in D.C. to get into politics. And I immediately arrived wow. and I was just like, I don't have like the the gossip gene. I don't have the ability to be like this person said, you know, like I, I it makes me fucking nauseous to like talk about <laughs> maneuvering, you know, like I, I just fucking hate that. You know, the tech mm. people are a little better because, uh, you know, they come up and ask, what are you excited about? 
And, you know, they, they, which is lame in its own right. And they're, they're very annoying and nerdy and autistic, but at least they like to talk about like stuff, you know? Sure. Uh, whereas politics, people really don't talk about anything besides like who is who and like who's doing, you know, they don't actually t- ever get around to talking about the ideas. I'm curious, are there like if, when there are tech parties out West, I myself have never been invited to, to a tech party. Are there like, cause I mean, there, I don't know, there's, there's, there's nowadays my sense is, correct me if I'm wrong, Isaac, tech that might be considered sort of like right, right-leaning tech, like, I don't know, Urbit p- perhaps, and then the more sort of old guard, lefty, more classical kind of Silicon Valley companies. Is there like clear right and left divisions in, in the tech. tech world or is it or is it more just kind of whatever we're all in tech? You know, that's a really good question. I don't think I've ever I mean, like, OK, so I've <clears throat> I've been in what I would say is it's not left and right. I would say it's normie and like based. So it's like there, there's like the normie tech world, which is like women stochastically parroting. This is my new phrase, stochastic parrot, uh, stochastically parroting things they've heard, you know, like and, and just saying things to say them, like not really actually knowing anything. And then simps who kind of like surround them. And mm. then, you know, the the few engineers who actually do the work. Yeah. And yeah. it's very woke and it's very just stupid and it's a dumb waste of time. And that's like the mainstream tech world, right? It's like a lot of Asian girls who like go to like the LinkedIn happy hour. It's like the LinkedIn happy hour Asian girl tech <laughs> world. And you know, that's uh it's just empty and boring and, you know, there's money, but it's, it's, everybody's very well behaved. You know, it's not exciting at all. It's a, it's a very lame industry. And then hmm. there's the other side, which is the based tech world. And the base tech world is the crypto guys. It's the urban people. It's the, yeah. you know, the maladies, it's the teal people. And all of these people kind of converge on like, you know, digital sovereignty and, um, mm-hmm you know, uh, disrupting uh, the way we live, you know, the Andreessen type of crowd. And they're great. I mean, they're, you know, they're very interesting. They really like, I mean, what's Teal's whole thing is he starts asking, what's he's, he's famous for, I've never, he is famous for asking people, uh, what do you know that other people don't know? Or what do you think (laughs) that everybody, I think the question is, what do you think that everybody else doesn't think or something? Which is great. Oh, if he asked me, if he asked me that question, I would say to him that you're funding the neo-reactionary movement single-handedly <laughs> through, through Bitcoin. What and then you, you go, shh. <laughs> I know, I know about you. Dude, dude. <laughs> um so yeah, I mean uh that the, the base tech world is is interesting, but it's also exhausting for me because I I can't really, I'm not a left brain guy. This is all to say. Let me just get to my fucking point here, which is when I'm talking to somebody like you or I'm talking to somebody like Hadrian, who I just had on my podcast, Mm. it's like I could fucking talk about movies all day long, man. I could talk about who directed what. Like, I'm one of those like DC people, except instead of political who's who, I can do it with movies all fucking, you know, like I would love to talk about movies forever. I can talk about movies. I can talk about books. Like that's how I know I'm a culture person, you know? Yeah, no, one, 100%. And you know, it's interesting. 
Isaac, one of the re- I think one of the reasons why I, I wanted to do the film festival, well, one reason is just to, to spare my, my, my poor wife so I don't just like talk her ear off about movies <laughs> and culture all day. But, um, you know, it's one of the first things that starts to go after you have your p- political awakening. If, if one, you know, if, I don't know if, if you'd say you had sort of a moment where you feel like you, you shifted right word but you know for me it was it was rather dramatic and one of the first things that starts to go is your ability to just shoot the shit with your friends about movies because either people don't really yes. see the the shadows on the cave wall or if somebody's asking you a question you feel like it's more of an, an ideological shit test than it is an, an aesthetic question and so you know, a lot of my my friends, you know, I, lo- I think I've lost a lot of friends in the last decade, but made a lot of friends online, even though they're, you know, fundamentally in some ways parasocial or, or they're just not people that you get to meet with and inter- interact with in person. Um, or if, if you do, it's, you know, it's not that often, maybe it's once a year. But I had the idea that like, okay, well, what's the what's the least parasocial, parasocial activity I could have with with all of my my online reactionary weirdo friends and it's talking talking about movies yeah you know that's what i used to do with all my buddies (laughs) back in the day so um i thought it would be kind of a more just kind of an interesting framework to to humanize people more and just have more kind of cozy familiar kind of cultural conversations around films (laughs) i think that that's so right and that's particularly true in la i remember you know, I've always had a bunch of movie friends here. I've always had, because I can, you know, again, it's like I can talk that game as well as anybody, you know, like I know who people are in, in like these politics conversations, people will drop all these names. And I'm just like, I don't know who any of these people are, man. I don't know who the senators are. I don't know who the fucking Congress people are. I don't even, I don't I mean, even, I, could I name my congressperson? Maybe. <laughs> I don't, is it? I actually don't even, I think, I, I don't even think I can't. It's like, me neither. It just yeah. changed. It's it's a Hispanic guy, maybe. I don't even know. <laughs> uh, like so, exactly. I just don't give a shit. Whereas movies, like I could tell you every new director. You know, like I I'm completely fucking up on it. And you're right that especially here in LA, there was like a brick wall that I ran into in like this must have been 2020. I feel like when this really happened, where you couldn't talk about movies anymore because it was oh. Because every movie is political now, you know, yeah. so it's yeah. like, can we talk about Sound of Freedom? Yeah, I just went to like a Hollywood party the other day and I kept going, hey, Sound of Freedom. Like, let's talk about Sound of Freedom. Like, obviously, it's the biggest story, right? I mean, it's like a totally independent movie. You know, it's yeah, yeah. it's right wing, but it's like whatever. It's still a massive story. Like, we should be able to talk about it. And it's this kind of like hushed, like, oh, yeah, shh, like. Don't don't ask about Sound of Freedom. You know, like we don't we don't want to we don't want to talk about that. You know, like and they're like, oh, you saw that? And I'm like, what do you mean you didn't see? You didn't see it? Like, how did you not see this? You're a fucking movie producer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like like you you should have seen the movie, obviously. So yeah, you're you're so right that that's lost. And I think so to segue into what you're doing here, you uh, just hosted a film festival, which is not actually a film festival. It's you um interviewing a bunch of guys in our space i think 38 right i got to 40 actually 40. I, I set out to do 30 i was like it'll be a month's worth of content but then uh more people begged to be involved or people that didn't reply right away replied 
halfway into the project. So we capped it at 40. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So 40 guys in our space, which is very impressive. That's a lot of people. And it's everybody from, you know, bog beef, who's really one of our best guys. Oh yeah. Bog beef is the fucking best man. He's why I'm, I've decided to, to swear a lot today. Uh, <laughs> and uh, bog beef, uh, James, uh, James Murphy. No. Justin, Justin Murphy. Justin yeah. Murphy talks Another about one. Jerry Maguire, which is just so funny and ridiculous. And, uh, you know, you got a bunch of other people. Uh, Lafayette Lee talks about uh, assassination of, of um, Jesse James. Jesse James. Yeah, uh, yeah th- there's a bunch of them. And I'm on there talking about True Detective season one. Um, one of the best. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, <laughs> you know, it's it, it's something that. I didn't think that I would like because I, I just generally don't listen to a lot of talk podcasts. But when I started listening to it, I realized like, this is really something special. It's really, because you're right. It's like, it's so satisfying in a way to listen to people talk about either their favorite movie or in the case of Bog Beef, it was Easy Rider and you had assigned it to him, which is- I was going to say, but well, Bog, yeah. Bog Beef's what was maybe the most unique and bizarre uh, episode because no, I mean, no, when, when I invited people, I told them essentially the rules of the game are you can pick any movie you want for, for any reason. So it does not have to be like, because you think it's subversive left-wing propaganda. It doesn't have to be because you think it's the most sublime work of, of art. It doesn't have to be because you think it, it's right wing. It can be any of that stuff. That's totally fine. But it can also just be, you know, I just love this movie because I watched it as a kid or it's my Christmas film whatever your reasons, as long as you felt like you could have an interesting conversation about it for an hour or two. And I think keeping it that open-ended is really fun. Cause I think one of the reasons why people like to talk so much about movies is, and I've said this before, but you know, the, the, the person reads the movie, but the, the movie reads the person. Like if you're meeting somebody at a teal party and you kind of ask, you know, what's your favorite film? And they tell you, oh, well, I, I mean, I love David Lynch, any David Lynch film. Then you can kind of probably start to kind of sketch the, the personality of this person. So while the person's reading the film, the film kind of reads the person. And, and, and these are all people that I've wanted to get to know better. And I think a lot of a lot of listeners and just, you know, people on the internet want, want to get to know me- better. But yeah, Bo- Bog Beast was really weird because one of the ways that I, I attempted to sort of seduce people into the uh, the the festival, especially kind of higher profile people like like Bog Beef, was to just um, post these tw- these uh, the, these tweets where I, I would just grab an image of somebody and a movie poster and say, I want this person to come on and talk about this. So I tried to get Bronze Age Pervert to come on and talk about Blue Velvet. Didn't 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 wash. Um, yeah. I tried to get get Curtis Yarvin on maybe next year, but I, I told. Oh, I, why'd I, he say no? I feel like he'd say yes. He just didn't reply. He really? did not respond to me. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It must have too much going on. I know. I try. I know. I know people who know him too, and I was telling them to to poke him for me, but um, uh, with 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 Bog, with Bog Beef, and I don't even really know why I intuitively grabbed this movie, but I was like, I want Bog Beef to talk Easy Rider. And then Bog Beef wrote back to me and was like, okay, let's do it. I'm wanting I'm, I'm the festival. And I was like, great, just let me know what movie uh, you, you want to talk about. He was like, well, no, we're doing Easy Rider. And I was like, oh, do you, uh, you you've seen that movie? And he goes, no, no. Like, oh, you, <laughs> really? You sh- you're sure you want this one? You can pick anyone. But he said, no, no, Easy Rider, done. It's done. He watched it and we, we, we talked about it. But that was the one 
the one guest where I selected the film. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Which made it interesting. Maybe next year I'll I'll, I'll um, force people to to talk about movies. It'll be that'd be more like that. You know that show like Drunk History, where they have on comedians and they just force them to talk about specific eras in history. That could be that could be interesting. You can come on, but it has to be this film. I don't know. More massive, more sadistic that way. It's definitely but. a cool idea to do something like simple like that. And especially like we within like a pretty small community, you know, like like with us. Like I think it's it, it really works. Um so which mm. one really it's called the last picture show, by the way. Yeah, and yeah. Last, get it last on picture shows. You get it on Gumroad, which is a complete piece of shit. Gumroad does not fucking work at all. <laughs> it sucks that it's on there. But is there a, and so you just but I made the terrible mistake. Let me just tell people. Do not buy it from the Twitter link. Mm. So I followed the Twitter link to the Gumroad. Like I clicked it on Twitter and then it took me to, you know, like, you know, when you're on your phone and you do that and it takes you to like the Twitter browser version of the thing. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. So I've signed up there on Gumroad and then I could never connect that with my existing Gumroad account. So the only way I yeah. could like listen to it was I had to like basically retrace that steps again and again. I couldn't get it on the app, which was was frustrating. <laughs> but uh, you know, that's- But people, I gave, them, I gave them a free, free code. Hopefully it eventually worked out. No, no, I, it's not, again, it's not your fault. This is not a critique of you. Gumroad is like this in like everything. It's, a, it's always, yeah. it's very difficult to use. It, but, it hey, does have a reputation for being clunky, but it does also have a representa representation for being pretty like secure and, and yeah. sympathetic to, it, exactly. you might be kicked off a Patreon. Right. It's like, it's like you should, we all need to pay the Gumroad price because it's like where people can actually be clandestine and shit. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's important. Um, yeah. So, uh, so much, so much good stuff on there. I highly recommend everybody signing up. It's very cheap. It's only like 10 bucks and there's a ton of content on there. So, um, how, what's the feedback been like? I mean, is there one episode people seem to really drawn to like what, how, which oh, one do you question. think is, is, uh, the best episode, et cetera. Oh man. Well, you know, it's, it's funny you asked that, uh, question isaac because uh this week later on i'm going to be introducing uh my own version of the academy awards which i've i've titled the, the froggies mm. um i should maybe i can try to send you a, an, an image here and you can try to get it up on your screen because i i created nfts i went pretty hardcore with this i, oh, I hired nice. an artist i created some nfts and i'm going to be presenting um well there's a total of five awards um because uh, the first one is just the Friends Choice Award Awards, Friends with No D. And that one went to Thomas777 for his review of Drive. Because yeah. I did a, um, I did kind of a tournament bracket on Twitter. Yeah. And Thomas actually, people kind of said right away, like, oh, no, Thomas is going to get it. And he, <laughs> he did. He like, he kind of, um, it was a blowout. So he gets sort of the, the People's Choice Award. Um, but I've got a few others that I've, I've conceived of. The first two are just kind of silly. So I, I, I thought I, I came up with one called the Doppelfilmer award and the Doppelfilmer award. Let me explain this concept. It's basically like somebody who picked a movie 
that is just like, of course they picked that movie. <laughs> like if you, if you knew they were in the film festival and you had to write down their movie on like a three by five card and then it hold it up. Of course be them. Yeah. yeah I'm trying to like, think of like, who that would be. Well, I mean, I'm going to have some nominees. Oh, okay. And like okay. One nominee. So I'm not giving away the, um, the surprise like Lafayette Lee is obviously going to get nominated because the dude's handle is Lafayette Lee and he picked um the assassination of Jesse James I mean what of course that person picked that movie yeah 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 yeah, yeah. but then I um I thought so you know like there are uh, Tyler Hamilton who's uh, a friend of mine who just is is obsessed with horror and he picked Exorcist 3 um but then I thought of the the opposite of that, which I called the the Janus Award because the Janus is is two faced and was like, <laughs> okay, so what's what are some people that you would have never guessed that they went with this movie because it's you know the exact opposite and you know one guy who's nominated for that zero HP Lovecraft picked Groundhog Day. Oh yeah, I know. <clears throat> right, that was funny. I, I didn't listen yeah. to that one. Why did he pick Groundhog Day? Uh, you know, well, I mean, it was a curveball for me because I mean, the dude's the dude's a horrorist, but he actually says his his tastes in film do not run towards horror, believe it or not. Um, so he uh, he had a very interesting kind of take on the movie. I guess ultimately he he had a take on Groundhog Day where it is in fact kind of a, a crypto horror film um, because you know his theory is that bill bill murray has been in fact there's a lot of different conspiracies about just how much time bill murray spends trapped in the pocket universe and i think his sense is that it was probably to to do everything he does probably hundreds of thousands of years and he's probably people kind of look at that movie and think of think of the of the fact that bill murray has kind of achieved sainthood in a way or, or, or nirvana and he gets um, he gets released once he achieves this kind of saintly um, subjectivity. But I think Zero's take was actually it's the, the the God or the demiurge that has created this pocket universe is not actually like benevolent and benign. It's just like um, it's actually like one of these. This is apparently a, a subgenre of, of mangas called isekais. Where, uh, which are about like men, young men trapped in video games who constantly yeah. respawn. Yeah. And yeah. The, the the true motive of the uh, the demi urge that created this pocket universe is just like he's not allowed to leave until he figures out how to sleep with Andy McDowell. And you know that happened to involve becoming a good person, but <laughs> there's not actually any you know higher spiritual agenda of the. Uh, I'm probably doing, I'm not doing justice to Zero's take. No, so no, it's, it's like, that, makes sense. that makes sense. Yeah, it's kind of like, it's more like Black Mirror-y than, uh, than you think. Yeah, yeah. But my two, the two other awards, I think are actually, these are the much more kind of serious awards. And I'd actually be curious to get your take on this, this Isaac, because I really think ultimately there's kind of two categories of, of film criticism, like two, two meta categories. You're either talking about, you're, you're either trying to give a great critique and a great review of a great film. And you're just trying to get people to understand the genius of the director and how sort of perfectly in control he was of his aesthetics, his message, his, um, his craft. And I, I created a, a, a froggy award for that. These are really cool. I'm, I'm trying to find them. They're like, I got like, they're gold pepes. They look like Oscars, but they, they're, they're frogs. Um, but uh, that one I'm calling the, the Grand Exquisitor Award. 
right? The Grand Exquisitor, because you're just trying to help people see why this is an exquisite film and you yourself have created a masterpiece of criticism. And then the opposite of that, I'm calling the Grand Inquisitor Award. And there should really be a word for this. I, I asked Twitter a while ago why there's no, no phrase for this or no term for this, but it's a amazing critique of a shitty movie, right? I mean, so occasionally you'll 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 read um, criticism. I mean, it doesn't even have to be a film review. My the, my go-to example of this is, is something like like C.S. Lewis's *The Abolition of Man*. Is this essay about how much he hates this English textbook <laughs> that was like written by a couple of like postmodernists, postmodern progressives of his time that he thought was just sort of the most banal anti-aesthetic textbook. And nobody remembers the book at all. It's kind of, you know, don't people don't even know the title of it, but everybody remembers his essay. And sometimes um, crit critiques offer uh, of, of bad art kind of transcend the bad art and become kind of works of art themselves. So I think those are two very separate kind of, I don't know, approaches. And, but, but like, but funny enough, I mean, I'm sure you'd agree with this because this is what a lot of like, uh, men of our persuasion are reduced to nowadays is sort of searching the bad film for the base for the accidentally based uh, like message. <laughs> like sometimes, sometimes especially very politicized, like progressive pandering movies will just kind of fall on their face or just do such a face plant where you come away from it and, you know, you like the bad guy, you hate the good guy, and the the more or less, I mean, Barbie, the Barbie movie is probably like the most recent example of this. Like everybody can't stop talking about Ken um, and Ryan Gosling's performance when, you know, he was supposed to just be kind of the, um, the fall guy for the movie. What uh, are some other examples of that? I'm trying to think of like. Yeah, well, I think a few that kind of, of like really bad movies that are accidentally based. Yeah, um, where they like try and make somebody really bad, but they're actually really cool or something. Or, or I think I mean one example I've 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 talked about from the <laughs> festival is, um, and it's another really good uh, episode is is proper horror show picked everything everywhere all at once. Oh which yeah, a yeah. contemporary film, which uh, winds up, it's like a multiverse film, and it it winds up saying a lot of things about multiculturalism yeah. and, and deracination that I don't think it means to say. I think it the film thinks its politics are progressive, <laughs> but it, it winds up painting a pretty negative portrait of that. I mean, another example that, I mean, this is one of my earliest videos was uh, I did one on Bird Box yeah, um, because I thought Bird Box was actually this kind of Yeah, terrible... we talked about this in our episode at length. This, uh, yeah, yeah. A yeah. caricature of, of kind of liberalism. <laughs> Right, <laughs> despite right, itself. Right. Yeah, it's like somehow it, it didn't know that that's what it was. It does, yeah. <clears throat> Everything, everywhere, all at once. It really seems like every mainstream movie now is written by an Asian woman. <laughs> like it, it, I know this is the second time I brought up Asian women. I don't know why they're they're on my mind, but um, like every Disney movie now is written by an Asian woman, it feels like, because they're all about like what everything everywhere all at once is about, which is like, our father started a restaurant and we're learning how to assimilate. And you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. they all, because they're all coming from this same perspective of like, that's who they are. And they went, then they went to Harvard and blah, blah, blah. 
And uh, like, <laughs> like this, the Disney movie Elemental was exactly that. Yep. Everything Everywhere All at Once was exactly that. And it's it's like tinged actually in a lot of stuff. A lot of yeah. Disney stuff has this same kind of thing now. And yeah. um, I think you're right that it's like, they feel like forced arguments for why deracination is good <laughs> you know yeah, and yeah like and in reality but they never actually are very convincing like they're they're not like oh wow yeah abandoning all your traditions and marrying a jewish guy was really a, a great, great idea. idea like it's like it doesn't <laughs> yeah. it's not really like earned yeah yeah like by the end you don't even feel like the film is buying it's is like right yeah it's, it's kind of like you kind of like took this as far as you could go and then didn't really like pay it off yeah yeah and don't get me wrong i mean i i prefer the the more like you know auteur film where where the the film is saying what it's in what its director intended it to say but I think you'd probably agree with me, Isaac, that th those type of movies, especially those type of movies, I mean, you could have an, an auteur film that's a great film. It, it, it's not necessarily right winning, um, but to find both a a great auteur film that is kind of categorically right wing, those are, I think, pretty hard to to come by. I don't even think I don't don't ask me to name one from the past decade. <laughs> So, you know, you kind of have to find your, um, but I know, uh, you know, a lot of people, uh, I've gotten a lot of feedback that some people find that that tiresome because I'm sure there are plenty of um, YouTubers and just, you know, commentators on the right that are you know, like it, the, the secretly, the quote unquote secretly based film, I, I suppose is, is for some people maybe becoming a, a cliche at this point, like yeah. unpacking the accidentally uh reactionary messages messaging and um pick your film um but i don't know i i i i i uh i'm not tired of it yet <laughs> so all right let's let's just i i want to ask this before we run out of time what would your movie have been i tried to i tried to give you an assignment which was titanic because <laughs> you had said on another i wanted to do what you did with um <clears throat> with bog beef and easy rider uh with titanic yeah yeah because you had not seen titanic and you were very flippant about titanic yeah. <laughs> uh but you did not watch titanic you did not do the assignment so we can't really talk about it so which i think you're the first would you have picked you're the first man that has asked me to watch the titanic and you know like Ju justin murphy i gave uh, he gave I gave him my, you know, forced me to watch a movie I've avoided my whole life card for 2023 because yeah. I had not seen Jerry Maguire. And to his credit, he brought me around to the movie. Um, but, you know, if you really if you're dying to talk Titanic, I will watch it for next year's festival and, and we can talk about it. What, what do so. you think Titanic like? Why do you think Titanic is something you wouldn't like? It's it's apps. It's actually the exact same reason why I've, I always avoided watching Jerry Maguire because it's for girls or at least i i have always been given the impression it's for girls it really isn't though it's it's actually not for girls it's an action movie dude it's it's a disaster movie i mean the titanic is a disaster movie it's just a disaster movie that is one accident that is like three days long you know but it's yeah. a James Cameron movie. It's a James Cameron like epic dude. It's like Terminator 2 than this. It's like <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it is not 
there are the reason why I call it a perfect an objectively perfect film is because it is both an action movie and a romance movie like in oh, one you know what I mean there's something for everybody yeah there's definitely something for everybody but the but the whole like beginning is is modern day submersibles like poking at the Titanic it's very it's not like a purely it's not like Jerry Maguire which is for girls you know <laughs> By the way, well, just I mean, to, yeah, I would say in, in defense of, you know, Justin Murphy's take on, on, on Jerry Maguire. And I guess Jerry Maguire got memed into like all of the trailers, all of the advertising, how it kind of became uh, immortalized in popular culture. I think it was very much coded as a girl's movie. And I think maybe if you're telling me the truth here, the same thing is what's what I've experienced from Titanic, because what if you know what you hear about Titanic is just the romance or like the, the, the sappier lines or like Leonardo DiCaprio holding Kate yeah. with, with its arms, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. at the bow of the boat and all that. So, you yeah. know, that's, that's what gets promoted. I would say that it, the, the two movies are comparable only in that way, <laughs> the, the, in yeah. the way that you just said very well, which is, yeah, the, the things that are clipped out of them, are like the two most romantic moments. And therefore that's, I guess what people who haven't seen it uh, uh, think of, but the movies are not at all comparable. I mean, like, you know, Titanic, I saw like four times when it came out because it's like wow. in the theaters, it's like Jurassic Park or something, dude. It's like, it's like a spectacular. It's like a visual spectacular, you know, um, oh. which, you Speaking know, unfortunately, you can't see that on the small screen as much, but, but what? Speaking of visual spectaculars, I actually, I went out to the big screen last night because it is um, the 35th anniversary of Die Hard. Yeah. And so I got to see that, which is my favorite Christmas movie. I watch it yeah. every year and I got to see that on the big screen, which was, um, it was fantastic. Yeah, dude, going and seeing these, these old movies on the big screen is going to be something that's like a really big deal in the, in the coming like in the world to come, like people going back and like re-experiencing Jurassic Park and Titanic and stuff is going to be huge. Yeah. Uh, and, and die hard. But, but uh, yeah, the one thing I want to say about Justin Murphy is, uh, you know, the thing that he's missing, like I appreciated his defense of Jerry Maguire as the greatest movie ever made. <laughs> But and, you know, it was it was fun to listen to. It was definitely fun in, in the Justin Murphy way of of things, which is like him saying things that we all think, but like that nobody often says. And uh, he he um the thing that he's missing, though, and this is why afterwards I had this tweet about objective versus subjective films. Jerry Maguire was the the movie for him that hit him at this specific time in his life, right? We all have that movie, you know, right. that we saw at the exact right time. And it spoke to us personally yeah. in this really bold way. It's like Justin Murphy, he keeps talking about how the whole entire movie is about a man who's very successful in the mainstream and then breaks free and pursues his natural love. I'm like, Justin obviously you're telling your own story here like, it, like, you know, like that's it's like, like that it, it's like how i watched fight club as i succumbed to my schizophrenia you know yeah like, <laughs> right <laughs> right exactly yeah right i know right. i i think i think there's something to that he's he's uh he certainly 
It's a, a very movie. subjective love he has for this movie. So that's why it's it's silly for him to argue that it's objectively the best movie ever made because it's like, Justin, you obviously saw this movie at a certain time in your life and yeah. it really stood for the things you cared about. And then you kind of like, you know, your life unfolded based on, on uh, you know, these values that you had. And this movie reflects these values, but it's not, that is very separate from the objective quality of the film, right? I mean, it's, those are to yeah. two totally different things. Um, yeah, that's uh, that, that's well said. Has have you had him on the carousel? Justin no, Murphy? I don't. I'm, I don't ever guess. like approaching people that I'm worried are going to say no. I've had a couple people mm -hmm. say no, and it like it makes me I can't handle rejection. So oh, wow. like, I don't like to, I, I, that's why I, I don't have a lot of bigger people on here because I don't ask anybody that I'm not a hundred percent sure will say yes. <laughs> I'm just, I just always assume I'm going to be told no. And I'm consistently amazed when people uh, agree. When to, people say yes. Yeah. I mean, to, this is a big problem in my life in general. I, I'm, I always, I never go for the, I, I'm so afraid of being rejected that I, I, it's not that I'm afraid of it. It's that it's so like disruptive to me that mm -hmm. I just try and avoid rejection. But um, anyway, so, okay. What what movie? No, I have nothing against Justin Murphy. I, I saw him uh, do a really cool thing at Urbit where he read what years ago in New York, where he read, uh, he read Nick land in, in prospect park, not prospect park. <laughs> What's the, is it prospect park? What's the Brooklyn? No park slope. Yeah. That's prospect park. In Prospect Park to like 15 dudes, like he just read like a bunch of Nick Land and it was one of the coolest things like I've ever seen. So I'm I'm completely into Justin Murphy or I'm I'm a, you know, booster of Justin Murphy. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm just criticizing this one very, very small thing. But uh, if you okay. want, I can ask him. I can I can go. I, it'll be like middle school when you're asking a girl out, Isaac. I can go talk to Justin. I'd be like, if Isaac <laughs> asks you to come on, would you say yes? And then yeah, I'll come back sure. and you won't have to suffer any humiliation. Then I won't have to suffer. And just don't tell me because I'll forget. So just if he okay. says, if he says no, just don't tell me because then I, I okay. won't have to. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, so. Do you have what, a formative film of your, for your life? Like a film that you feel like defined your, your, your. Yeah. Your and like you, you watch it and it's like, you can't even see the flaws in it because you just love it so much. There's a couple. Mm. One is Magnolia for me. Which is, of course, a very flawed film, but it's like, it's like, for me, it's perfect. You know, it's like, be, because I saw it as just this very specific time. And, yeah. uh, you know, I just, you know, and then also my favorite movie of all time, if I'm really being completely 100%, like, actually honest, is Armageddon. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally my favorite. I've watched that movie more, 10 times more than I've watched any other movie. And, Ooh. uh, it's just because I think I, I remember the day I saw it. I remember the movie theater. I remember, I could tell you exactly where I saw it, the time of year. Uh, it just was like, yeah, I think I was like 13, you know, it was the perfect age to see that film. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like that movie can do no wrong. Like I could watch it a million times in a row and be just like completely happy every single time. My 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 no my confession would be more embarrassing than that. And it's probably it is a movie like I saw at, at 13. And um it, these movies are just objectively bad. But I like 
I came of age with Kevin Smith films and I yeah. like I I love Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. <laughs> like if I if I have if I have the flu or like I'm recovering from surgery or I'm bedridden yeah. or if, if like if it's my birthday and my wife is like okay you, you why don't you pick a movie that you want to watch and we'll like you know order from your favorite restaurant I'll be like we're watching Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm drinking some liquor movie. And we're watching Jay and Silent Bob. But yeah. <laughs> to answer your question about what movie would I have picked, well, I, funny, funny enough, there is. Um, I should. I, I try to always mention this. There's a. There's an older, longer-running sort of film festival for the the dissident right um, that is called the Decameron Film Festival, and that's something that was put that's put on by Frody Midyard, uh, who's the guy that runs Guide to Culture. His stuff is on. Um, it's on BitChute and, and Odyssey. Um, and it's it's called the Decameron because he started it during COVID lockdowns, and the, the Decameron's a, a, a novel about people in medieval Europe avoiding the plague, and they're like trapped in this abbey, and they tell each other stories. Yeah. And so he started inviting a bunch of people on, and, and that became a tradition that he ran for a few years. Um, and I I kind of was a bit self conscious about doing a similar thing, and so I actually wrote him and, and got his blessing, and I said, look, maybe you can be the the, the Cannes Film Festival, you'll be the Europe. And I'll be the Sundance, you know, and we'll be the two twins of the, you know, dissident right movie review festivals. And, and he he gave me his blessing, but he also invited me on to his film festival this year. And I, I picked uh, Antonioni's La Ventura mm. for him. Okay. Um, which is just a, probably the most pretentious art house movie <laughs> all time. But if people want to hear me defend that movie, they can go on to Odyssey. If I had to pick another movie, um, uh, it's actually a pretty recent movie, but it's it's one I'm I'm working on an essay for uh, called Vivarium. Have you seen Vivarium? It's with Jesse Eisenberg. Um, Vivarium. It was on Netflix. It was actually like a straight to video. Yeah, I've, I've definitely like seen this around, but I don't think I've actually seen the film. So why do you like? Okay, oh, it's horror. Wow, I gotta watch this, don't I? I'm yeah, I'm yeah. a huge horror guy, so. I watch everything horror. I can't believe I haven't seen this. Yeah, and um, it's 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 worth a watch. It's definitely worth a watch. I thought it was very compelling. I'm a sucker for horror. Um, it's basically uh about this like Vivarium, by the way. I believe is like a um, uh, term for like, uh, is it a so the the video starts with a cuckoo bird, uh, like just stock footage of a cuckoo bird um, pushing a baby bird out of its nest and taking over its nest. Oh, say, sorry, a vivarium is an area, an enclosed area for keeping and raising animals. Hmm. Um, and this is a, the, this young couple, uh, Jesse <coughs> Eisenberg and Imogen Poots are uh, in the market for a house. They uh, wind up and go, going to, to look at these, this brand new sort of development of houses uh, in this suburban neighborhood where it's literally these, these actually, these kind of neighborhoods actually exist if you go to certain regions of Texas, but like every single house is exactly the same yeah. for blocks and blocks. And they wind up getting trapped there. Like it just, it, 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 they, there seems to be no way out. It just goes on forever. And if they walk far enough down a given road, they eventually come to the house that has their house number. A baby gets left on the doorstep and they're told if with a note that says, if you want, if you want freedom, raise this baby. Hmm. Um, I mean, that's, I guess, the, the premise. But I think it's um, uh, 
a very good film about, I was going to use it to kind of explore this concept um, developed by Agamben, uh, bear, bear Life, um, which is basically the, the, this concept that one of the things that, that capitalism strips us of is kind of meaning and cultural, um, uh, cultural specificity. And it's this movie about these two young people that are just starting out their lives. They're, you know, I think it, it gives you the impression that they're newly married. They want to buy a house. They want to start a family. You know, she's a kindergarten teacher. He's a, um, a groundskeeper and a, and a handyman. And they're getting ready to kind of build a, a life for themselves that's unique and particular and kind of embedded and, and informed by their own personalities. And instead they kind of get locked into this horrific suburban uh, hellscape and forced to raise this child, which kind of without spoiling anything becomes becomes a monster. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it was very, very well done. Um, and Who made it? It spoke to me. It was directed by Lor Lorcan Finnegan, which is not somebody that I, not a name I recognize. Lorcan. Yeah, that sounds like a pharmaceutical. Yeah, very, very strange name. I think it was a British film, British or Irish. Um, oh, wow. XYZ product films. Yeah, I don't think it's it's gotten a lot of um, a lot of praise, which is partly why I want to talk about it. Dude, the the Irish are on the come up, man. They, did you see my favorite movie? I probably of the year was, uh, <laughs> even though I don't even think it came out this year, was. Um, that I watched was called uh, a dark song. No. Have you heard I of this? I have not. Yeah. So I'm a huge, uh, a booster, a, a proprietor of um, shutter shutter. I'm a shutter subscriber. And okay. uh, like the number one movie on shutter this year was this thing called a dark song that was made in Ireland for like 50 grand. Wow. And <clears throat> it is fucking perfect. It is a like the perfect, <laughs> say, like low budget, single location, like horror film. And hmm. it basically, it's just, uh, it's like the story of two people who try and do one of these um, Alistair Crawley, like entering another dimension rituals. But hmm. the, the ritual lasts like, like 18 months. You know, because like to really like get to the other side, you got to like go like do a bunch of really crazy shit for a really long time. And it's just like I've never seen that idea before, you know, and it's just like really, really fucking good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And only 50 grand. But yeah, no, I'll, I'll definitely go watch. Uh, I will definitely go watch Vivarium. This is exciting. I'll, I'll, I'll check out Dark Song. Yeah. 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 Okay, but cool. We have to do Titanic next year. You can't do Dark Song. Now it's <laughs> I've written it down. Um, okay, so which one of the in in thinking about which ones really stood out? Which one of the ones were you really struck by? Uh, you know, what was your favorite episode? And of course, you know, you don't have to pick favorites. Yeah, but yeah. what was one that you thought of? Well, I should say, I, you know, I'm I, I was struck by the variety of uh, I I thought that, you know, my my one of my concerns when I started was I was like everybody's gonna pick Fight Club or everybody's gonna pick Conan the Barbarian but like people picked old movies they picked new movies they oh picked god Fight Club movies. would have been so lame I mean somebody talking about Fight Club in our space I'm so glad no one did that right I mean it's just like so <laughs> yeah. boring 
Um, and, 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 you know, people, people picked films for different reasons, but I mean, two that really stuck out with me, I already mentioned proper horror show doing everything everywhere all at once. And she, uh, she actually had, she has a YouTube channel where she exclusively, um, analyzes horror movies, which I, I highly recommend to people. She doesn't have enough subscribers in my opinion. Um, another friend of mine, OG Rose, uh, did memories of murder. Oh, dude, I fucking love memories of murder, man. That's the, uh, that's what's his name, right? The parasite guy. Yeah. Park, Park John who that movie is great. Memories of murder is is a a really, really fucking good movie. Yeah. That's definitely, I mean, that's definitely a nomination for the grand exquisitor award. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It may really be my favorite, but, um, you know, the distributist, I think you've talked with the distributist. He did, um, julie tamor's titus yeah that would that was like i've actually seen that movie as uh ridiculous as that is but i'm very curious why did he why why did he want that one uh well there was one kind of category of films which i might kind of call like the the literally me film which is uh people that picked movies even that are not necessarily contemporary films that they felt kind of spoke to our our current moment and i think the fact that Titus deals with this very kind of like decadent Roman empire. It's kind of, it kind of feels like it's Nero's Rome or like Caligula's Rome. Um, and like, you know, late, late Roman empire uh, filled with all sorts of perversions and, and corruption. And so, you know, you can probably put the pieces together with, you know, contemporary America, <laughs> you know, I mean, I think, uh, one guest picked Terry Gilliam's Brazil for for similar reasons. Yeah, um, yeah. So a lot of films got got selected because I mean, and you know, it's it's Shakespeare, so it's not even like it's first and foremost the film that is maybe gives it that kind of contemporary flavor. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those are a few that I would. Uh, I I don't know. I mean, O.G. Rose is one I've I've listened to a couple times after having recorded it. So what did she um, say about uh, what she say about memories of murder? Um, it's actually a it's a um, it's a pen name for a, a man named Daniel Gardner. Oh. Um, he, ha- I mean, people should just listen to his um, his 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 take on it. But I think you, I, I mean, be, be curious to hear what you have to say about it. I mean, and it's kind of this director's classical sort of shtick or style style, which is playing with genre and the audience's expectation of genre because you think that you're going to kind of get this hard-boiled kind of neo-noir detective thriller about a murder mystery um and rather than being able to kind of sit back and passively enjoy that kind of um predictable kind of storytelling he he, he, these three detectives that are sort of the the protagonists of the film wind up being kind of horrifically in, incompetent and kind of bungling. Um, and the tone, he has these very, just like with Parasite, there are these incredibly dramatic shifts in, in tone um, and kind of narrative structure. And I, I really like movies that toy with genre you know, Lynch does this a lot too. Like they, they understand that we all have sort of these tacit understandings of expectations and structures that genre has to kind of abide by. Mm -hmm. And they they do to a degree, but then they, they kind of shift that on the viewer. Um, And that's something I've always just been captivated by in movies. And um, 
this guy's probably the master of that and this is maybe his, his best movie yeah yeah he definitely is you know i think the reason why the koreans are killing it so hard right now i just went back and watched hung uh squid game again <laughs> and yeah. i i was really struck by how good it is it, it really is incredible it's a it's a it's a it is a work of art it's actually the most the, the closest analog is uh lost hmm. it's very similar to lost and both of those tv shows are, are works of art in their own way squid game though is truly a work of art and i think you know what the, sorry go ahead Oh, no, no, no. Keep, you keep going, Isaac. Sorry. The, the thing about uh, the Koreans is like, I don't know what's going on over there and why they're so just making incredible movies. It's, yeah. it, it, but it's, there. there's one thing about, there's two things I picked up in watching it again this time. The Koreans are not irony poisoned, you know? Mm. And that really, really comes through. Like it, it, Squid Game is like vaudevillian. You know what I mean? Like there, there'll be, there's a one yeah. shot in Squid Game where uh, the guy is like, um, he's trying to decide whether or not he's going to like uh, go with a guy who's like, um, like trying to bring him into trying to abandon the old man. Right. And yeah, he's yeah. there, there's this like moment where he's trying to decide like, am I going to shake this guy's hand or am I going to go and do the right thing and like be with the old guy? Right. Yeah. And they zoom in on his hand and his hand is like trying to decide whether it's going back or back, you know, forth yeah, or yeah. back, you know what I mean? And it's like, it, it really struck me because I was like, it's so like over the top and vaudevillian, you know, it's like, it's so like, it, it's like, it's almost like a mime or something, right? It's like, it's very yeah. like over the top and an American director would never shoot it that way now because they would be like, oh, that's cringe. Like we don't need to see his hand like making the decision, but it completely works because it's not, everything isn't trying to be so subtle. It's just being like, hmm. these characters are really genuine. They're really open. And the only reason why all the ultra violence works is because you have these like genuine like vaudeville like very theatrical moments you know yeah, it's like yeah 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 you watch these korean guys and it's almost like watching like clowns from back in yeah. the day uh but it's, it's like they're great clowns. What? it's interesting to hear you put it that way isaac cuz like an another guest um pcm christ uh picked old boy yeah. and he he I, we were just kind of, I, I asked him the same question i was like what is it about korean cinema that's so unique and and he he kind of i think you're maybe getting at the same thing because he was and he was talking about how the thing about like old boy or any of these movies you could pick like the host too, another bong john hoop film yeah is another great movie another great movie they did so much good shit coming out of that. But there, but there's no distinction between high and low art. Like, yeah, old boy yeah. is like old boy or the host is simultaneously like a monster film, a slapstick comedy, like yes. torture, torture porn, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah like yeah. absurdly, absurdly over the top acting, and like an Ingmar Bergman movie. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like all in one, right? Yeah, that's like he describes so it as he describes it as pure cinema, just yeah. pure cinema. Like it's right. not, it's, there's nothing that it considers in, um, in bad taste or as high culture. It's just yeah. all kind of shoved into 
a a pure movie going experience. And you have these actors that can do all of that. It's amazing how much better the fucking actors are. It's like that main guy from Squid Game or the, you know, the main guy from Memories of Murder or Parasite. These guys are like, they're like, they can carry everything. You know, they can go from like totally sarcastic you know, like, uh, like slapsticky comedy, like, oh, my face hurts. You know, like they can go from that to like real serious emotion, you know, like really like crying, like really. And it actually really works. Whereas American actors can't do that at all, man. It's like Chris Pratt. I always think of fucking Chris Pratt. It's like Chris Pratt has one gear, <laughs> you know, he has one fucking gear and it's yeah. just like slightly tongue in cheek. Ha ha, quippy. You know, it's never yeah. real. It's never serious. It's always just like kind of like, ha ha, I'm like a funny, you know, guy. And that's it. You know, <laughs> I, I can't do anything else. Another thing worth talking about with in, ter- in terms of Squid Game is I don't know if you saw this, Isaac, but there's um, there's a, a, a reality TV show, Squid Game, called Squid Game Challenge, which is uh, yes, also Netflix. Yeah, and it's scary. basically like a bunch of Americans. I think it's an American show that recreate all of the obstacles and all of the challenges of Squid Game. They start off with 500 people. They have the same cash prize yeah. and they have to go through it and do all of the like the challenges. They have like, I guess, sensors, you know, they don't shoot them, obviously, but they have like, you know, paint pellets in their chests. And like yeah. if they get get eliminated, they shoot them or they, you know fall down onto a big cushion or whatever (laughs) but what's interesting about it is that it has what all american um media tv shows movies have that makes it awful is they have all these um sort of they have the reality tv show confession booth where you're you get to know some of the contestants either somebody who's you know about to be eliminated or, or might win and they give you the like sob story of like i was a marginalized um uh minority immigrant victim woman etc who was never given you know a leg up in life before they 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 kill them off or whatever and it's just dozens and dozens of these these people that are giving you their kind of um progressive stack narrative and it's it's just so you know I was talking to the distributors about about foreign films lately, and he made the point like foreign cinema, foreign films, foreign television don't do this. Like they don't like they they just show like they show their country like beautiful, aspirational, heroic people trying to do difficult things and overcoming odds and not that don't consider themselves victims and don't have to pr- provide you with this this victimology narrative. So it's very interesting, even though this is a reality TV show, and it's, I mean, it's sort of just corny and uncreative that they're taking these, although I would love to do the obstacle course, don't get me wrong, but like, you know, they're taking it and they're just turning it into like a game show, a literal game show. But to see this like American sensibility of like, no, we have to hear how these people are socioeconomically, um, uh victims which i guess you know that's kind of an aspect of the original squid game but it was just like yeah we're all poor and miserable and desperate and now we're all gonna desperately try not to die while having to kill one another 
in well and also there you know like um it would be the equivalent of it being an intersectionality because for them like class is is the like that's their hobby horse right yeah, so I mean, it's, like, it's much it would, more of a squid game there, even. Well, and and the thing is, these people are reprehensible. They're 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 killing each other for money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean. It's like, and that's very present. Like they, you know, they they're challenged a bunch of times to, you know, do the right thing, and they don't. You know, they they yeah. keep killing each other because they want money. You know, and it's so it's like that would be like having a racialized. Uh, Thunderdome in 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 the West and and the people being so desperate for status or whatever it is that they're willing to sell out their race and do, you know, kill people who because you know what I'm saying? So it's like what's great about Squid Game is the 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 classes are all skewered pretty fairly. You know, I mean, like the obviously the main character is a little bit, you know, he's he makes his mistakes for sure, but he is like a little bit too saintly, the, mm-hmm. the main guy. But, um, you know, it's about debt. Uh, it's yeah. it's a great, yeah, it, it, it's quite good. Um, I made the joke on Twitter too that like all of the contestants on the Squid Game Challenge just look like ex-Twitter mods. Like they've all got like dyed hair and they just look yeah. like, you know, androgynous Gen Z <laughs> people. And I was like, I don't care if these people ever die. Like, I don't care. <laughs> Uh, right. What did you make of the trailer for Civil War? You know what? I haven't. This is embarrassing because I've seen probably like 20 tweets and I know that everybody's talking about it, but I, I okay, haven't. Wait, we got it. I'm going to get your live reaction. We got to get your live reaction. <laughs> right, we got it. We got You got to watch it because we can't we can't uh, have you leave here without getting your because this is like if if there has ever been anything for last things to to comment on this is the thing for you to comment on so here i'm just going to actually put share my screen and we can just watch it together uh, right. although you should i think the sound are here actually let's see i think i can do it with the sound yeah here we go ready and because it's good because this is this is why we have youtube okay can you see this yeah we're good there we go 19 states have seceded. The United States Army ramps up activity. The White House issued warnings to the Western forces as well as the Florida Alliance. The three-term president assures the uprising will be dealt with swiftly. Let me know if you want to try anything on. I guess aware there's like a pretty huge civil war going on all across America. We just try to stay out with what we see on the news. Seems like it's for the best. Citizens of America, the so-called Western forces of Texas and California have suffered a very great defeat at the hands of the United States military. Mr. President, do you regret the use of airstrikes against American citizens? We're moving to D.C. today. You need to go down there. They shoot journalists on sight in the cabin. This is the best part. 
that they shoot journalists <laughs> on site at the Capitol. I'm going like, to clip that sound and put it in like my trailer for my show. Yeah, and they shoot journalists on site at the Capitol. And and there's, of course, the Freedom Tower is, is right behind yeah. him. It's like the most oh perfect God. fucking like progressive thing ever. Oh, and also somebody said that this gun is totally like the wrong gun too. like that. No one would oh, ever sure. use this gun in like this circumstance. Every instinct in me says this is death. Blood it. Every time I survived the war zone, I thought I was sending a warning home. Don't do this. <laughs> it's like, why is she talking? Why is she talking in like Lexapro girl voice? She's like, every time I try to go home. It's like, why is she talking like that? Yeah. So oh. here we are. There's some kind of misunderstanding here. What? Well, you're American, okay? Okay. What kind of American are you? <laughs> Jesse Plemons. Yeah. <laughs> it's like always. slightly thinner Jesse Plemons. <laughs> the Western forces will reach the White House on July 4th. Oh my God. Get in the car! Get in the car! Move, move, move! You're gonna hang back. I'm not hanging back. One nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Go, 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 go. God bless America. And Alex Garland, you know, Alex Garland, who's not a, you know, well, you know, to laugh at. I have a couple of comments. My first is um, you actually I think you have your acts, your, your accidentally slash secretly based moment. Yes, right there in the trailer, I was going to say this, which same is thing. I mean, it would have even been a, a, a more perfect line if Jesse Plemons had said not what kind of American are you, but just what's an American? Yeah, <laughs> because I think that's a question on everybody's mind right now. Um, and that would be that would make it even more secretly based. But yeah, exactly. Like what 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 good is you, you, if if all America is is an airport nation and right. a passport? Yeah. What what loyalty do I have to anybody who who claims that as an identity? Um, right. I feel bad for Jesse Plemons because he's actually a great actor. I, I like him in a lot of stuff. I loved him in Friday Night Lights, but now he can only get work as like the like bad guy bad white guy yeah, the bad white guy but yeah. i will say you're totally right that's like he's the best thing in that whole trailer everybody yeah. wants to be him in that in that world who wants to be anybody else like everybody yeah. wants to be jesse Clemens. you know he's so like you gotta understand cool and awesome. don't, don't kill me I, i'm a twitter mod i was a twitter <laughs> yeah. moderator yeah yeah i'm a journalist i have my camera <laughs> you know like yeah it's like clearly like she's the journalist you know, like I'm gonna go capture what's going on. It's like, yeah, we hope Jesse Plemons just mows yeah. you all down with those cool glasses. Like those glasses it, are awesome. It does kill you because it's like it it defies like Sam Hyde could have made that as a parody. Yeah, <laughs> that, like, it, like is the Sam Hyde parody, like basically. Yeah. <laughs> like, but my other observation, I guess, my other initial reaction is just what, like, it's always so funny and weird how like Hollywood attempts to like code culture war stuff because like okay let's 
a collapse, like a, a neo-civil war premise. Okay, wh why and why would California and Texas be on the same team? Like, yeah. if anything, like, Texas yeah. would secede from America and California would be the right. one. Well, the reason like, is because nukes that's, on them. Too, that's too real, right? So it's yeah. like they have to be like, oh, it's California and Texas got together. So it's, a, you know, it's objective. Yeah. It's not, this isn't yeah. real life. Yeah. Uh, and it's like Alex Garland. I mean, Alex Garland is, he's okay. You know, his movies are cool. I loved devs. I thought devs was actually the best thing he's done, which mm. was his t TV show. But, um, you know, Alex Garland seems, you know, I, I kind of tweeted this. I saw Alex Garland once get interviewed after ex machina when I, you know, this was early in my LA days and I, I used to get invited to these like screenings and, uh, he got interviewed by this like super flamboyantly gay guy after yeah. ex machina and garland was like openly hostile you know like like the guy was like it was kind of like you know i'm gonna ask you a bunch of like slightly sexual questions and alex garland was like not having it at all like he was like oh, openly wow. like uh yeah i don't know what you're talking about you know like, like just straight up cutting <laughs> this guy off which made me like like alex garland a lot but alex garland's work also it's tough to call it based i don't know if if you would yeah yeah i mean i don't i 28 days later to I wouldn't consider that to be a very based movie. Right. But I mean, now, now I'm intrigued. Now I want to see it just again, like California and tech. That's like if, if, if Don California and Texas teaming up in a civil war would be like, if Donald Trump announced like Ellen DeGeneres as his running mate, like, it's just <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> tell you, it's an unbeatable ticket right there. Ellen, Ellen and Trump. Um, you know, what's yeah. really funny. Have you ever read this guy? Have you seen this guy TR Hudson in our space? Oh yeah, he's he's in the film festival actually. Oh yeah, TR. Yeah, his he did book, the Searchers. Oh yeah, the Searchers, right? Which which makes sense for him. His book, the uh, Automaton, like is this? Like, oh his really? His book Automaton is very similar. Like it splits the country along certain like political factions, and it's like Florida versus California. So uh, I, I was like, wow, it's actually that that book. I I love that book, by the way. It really deserves. I, I really have to give his his stuff a read. He just came out yeah. with a new book as well. Yeah, I just had him on to talk about it. But anyway, what what are your other uh, impressions of that? Of the of the trailer, um, I can see why it's making uh, the rounds. I think I forget who I. I wish I could give credit to who tweeted this, but somebody like you know, quote tweeted the trailer and said this just exists to scare women. <laughs> <laughs> which i think is probably true i mean but haven't we i mean isn't this basically like the purge like uh, some of the more recent purge franchise movies have have just kind of toyed with the like you know yeah america in um peril i assume that the heroes are a, pl a plucky group of like different r races and creeds of course they have the albino black guy he's who's now in everything that guy is in every fucking movie as the the wise janitor. He's always the wise janitor. <laughs> um, like, oh, he knows some deep secret truth that we all did, you know, because he's an earthly black man. Yeah, you know, like, I saw. I couldn't tell if it was a if it was a spoof or it was an actual movie, but I saw some trailer a while ago that was supposedly for some movie that was called like. The, the League of Magical Negroes or something like that. It was like a, it was a, like the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, but all of the members of, of the um, superhero uh, team were like, you know, the Magical Negro trope. 
which honestly yeah. could be quite funny and good if given to the right person. But yeah. I doubt they handed it to that person <laughs> if it's a real movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, right. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it'll be interesting to see it. I, I'm sure it's going to suck and be terrible, but. We can, you know what, Isaac, you and I could watch it and try to cut like a, a Mystery Science Theater 3000. Yes, dude, that is what we should do. We should definitely. That'd be fun. Yeah, we should do like a Mystery Science Theater of watching. Yeah. This I is mean, the kind of movie that would drive my, my wife crazy to watch with me, though, because I would just like I would be her <laughs> Mystery Science Theater 3000 person. But I would just be she'd be freaking out about the movie and I would be just explain to her like now this isn't how it really it's really going to go down you see really virginia and north carolina they're going to be the first to do <laughs> yeah yeah that's not really yeah i've i've found that with my wife like i thought that a big part of the reason like why she liked me was like my movie commentary and then later i realized that she hates it <laughs> and she's just like <laughs> shut the fuck up she's just like okay i get it it's yeah. like yeah and i'm just like you don't like my like hilarious movie like jokes like come on <laughs> yeah similarly i think she can't just kept that under wraps yeah they were like really good women are so good at entrapping you by making it seem like you're like really funny and then then you realize the whole time they were just like oh my god shut the fuck up yeah well it doesn't it doesn't help matters that now like you can get your life completely detonated by ridiculing popular culture. I'm sure right. that makes a lot of women skittish. Is your wife based? Oh boy. Should we, should we talk about this? Is That's this enough. Off limits. That's probably <laughs> another, another, uh, <laughs> she taught, she tolerates me, um, which is pretty, pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Same, same. There are think, actual women, yeah. women in the, uh, film festival too. I have, um, I think three female guests. Yeah, that's good. E girls, E women. <laughs> Who's your favorite E woman? I'm. I... <laughs> you have a favorite from my guest list. I actually I invited more than 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 wound up making it onto the um, onto the <laughs> festival. But yeah. I don't know. I'll have to run. A, I'll have to give that some thought. Maybe I should just have a, 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 a an award that I give to all the girls for just being willing to talk to a, a you know e right goon like myself. Yeah. A movie. Uh yeah, totally. Um, all right. So before we leave, uh, we got like ten minutes. What, what are you? Uh, what else are you doing? What are you? What are you watching? Do you? Are you still cranking out the videos? What videos have you done recently? You know, I, unfortunately, a lot of my, my larger films, film projects kind of got put on pause because uh, just kind of managing the film festival took up all of my, all of my spare time for yeah. uh, a couple of months, but um, I'm hoping to get another uh, video out the door before the end of the year. Um, it's going to be, it's probably very weird to even summarize. It's about an the old, um, the old Joss Whedon show Agents of Shield. I don't think that's on anymore. That was probably around in like the early two thousands. Yeah, it's like S. It's like an acronym S dot H dot right. Yeah, yeah. Agents of Shield with S H. Yeah, you know, it's kind of. I mean, it, it's part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think they they gave it to him after his like you know, nth um, show died and got canceled prematurely. Um, but I'm using it to, I mean, I usually just pick it to kind of explore a topic and the, 
the the bad guy in that TV series is this secret um, secret hidden organization called Hydra, um, which is like the like crypto fascist organization. Um, and to spoil the the whole series, it it winds up. It turns out that Hydra is actually like this. They they have all these Manchurian candidates and and secret splinter cells within Shield, and they um they orchestrate a coup within Shield, and it turns out something like you know twenty percent of the you know executive officers and um you know administration and bureaucracy of Shield and and many other American government organizations were members of Hydra, and uh, you know it's never even really specified why Hydra's evil. They're just uh, they just like look like when after they reveal themselves they dress like mid-century germans yeah welcome um, to fucking every movie ever i mean i can't believe that people this is the star Wars. this is how you know that most people just should not be allowed to vote because they like star wars and in star wars there's never any explanation of why the bad people are bad yeah, <laughs> they're yeah. just bad. Oh, they're scary looking. You know what I mean? It's like it's it's like it, most people just don't question when they're told in a story. These are the bad guys. They're just like, oh, yeah, of course, they're the bad guys. Well, I thought what's what what I find fascinating about this in particular is that this this happened in the show, I think, right, like right at the end, basically right before Trump got elected president. And it mimicked or it sort of preceded this hysteria that it mirrored this kind of hysteria that took the, the country by storm that was like, oh, my God, there are there are all these crypto fascists that have, you know, Trump, Trump got elected because we have these Manchurian candidates that have infiltrated every single vector of our, uh, our yeah. societies. And I find it this it's this strange kind of um, projection that like the the left has where they describe what is in fact you know i think both trump and elon musk exemplify this but like what is in fact just actually a single man like much more of a like if we're going to go with um monsters like a leviathan just like a sovereign a great man a very very powerful charismatic individual person and that's actually really what terrifies them is just sort of the strength of this kind of Ayn Rand like Nietzschean Promethean man. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying I have nothing bad to say about Donald Trump or Elon Musk, but that I, they're both impressive, formidable individuals. These are both historic figures, whether you like it or not. Um, but then it gets kind of coded through this, uh, it gets processed so that they begin to to characterize the power they wield as something that's more akin to the like decentralized bureaucratic multi tentacled um, cathedral like power of of progressivism, right? Mm, so it's like yeah, yeah, what yeah. scares you about Trump is actually that this is just a yeah that yes I I love single. That this is making tons of sense. I was actually just posting about this last night, how <clears throat> it's so weird that they call us fascists, right? It's like they, they, like they call us fascist because they don't actually understand what fascist means, of course. But it's also there's kind of like a deep intelligence in calling us fascists because 
like technically the opposite of globalism would be fascism because it's you're talking about like small distributed community strength versus singular daddy who just gives everybody what they want kind of thing. Right. (laughs) And so it's like, they're perceiving themselves in a way they're like painting. They're actually painting themselves when they say that when they say fascist, what they're actually describing is themselves as globalists. And I think that that's what you're saying. It's like they're painting the right wing as a vast conspiracy when in fact it's a singular man, but in painting it that way, they're revealing the truth about their own conspiracy. Is kind of what it's, you're it's saying. A, it's a projection. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's a, a projection. Sh- exactly. Projection. It's, it's a projection. Yeah. 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 Um, and there's, I think there's also just something about the, the left wing imagination that can't conceive of a single man that can bring about like. They, right. They hate that. They hate that idea. They hate that idea because, um, they really hate that because it's like that would mean that in an individual is one like can be special right which they hate and two has the individual like agency and power to like change their destiny which they fucking hate that idea <laughs> yeah exactly no you get you're you're picking up what i'm i'm putting down so so yeah i was going to use shield to just kind of explore that even though it's you know it's been gosh almost yeah, it's been a long time since that, you know, Trump hysteria swept the nation. But I, I just remember watching Shield and then a month later, the entire country going crazy. And I remember at the time looking around and being like, this is just like that season of Agents of Shield. <laughs> Dude, that's great, man. Trump this has is... like seven different splinter cells that are active. Yeah, that are actually doing. Dude, that's this is why your show is so good, and this is why you really need to keep getting these videos out here, man. Because you you really nail these <clears throat> very subtle sort of splits in culture and how these videos and how are and how like movies are reflecting these things. You know, I think it's very uh, yeah. You got to keep you got to keep getting the stuff out there, man. Thanks, man. I do appreciate it. I, I wish I was more. Um, uh, uh, prolific, but you know, it's not my, it's not my full-time job. I got yeah. a family man. So unfortunately it's always a snail's pace, but I've got, I've got four or five ideas on my, um, to do oh, you list. should quit. You should quit your job. You should quit your job and just do this all the time. I'll and tell my wife. Don't worry about money. Don't worry about money. It'll come. I can do that. I just need a lot more people to buy uh, the tickets on Gumroad. The tickets to the movie festival, right? Wave my wife. That's <laughs> you need to sell. You just need to sell like a ten thousand more of them. Not not that big of a deal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, all right, man. Well, dude, thanks as always for joining. I will of course put all the links uh, in the description. And yeah, I really suggest that people check this out because it, it, I've just been walking around and just listening to it all the time. Uh, and it's great. It's just so fun to hear people talk about uh, their movies and analyze them. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm, I'm really glad you in, enjoyed it, Isaac. Thanks for having me on. And, and thanks especially for, for being in the festival and you're definitely invited back for next year. Of course. Yeah. I'll, I'll post my uh, true detective episode, which 
which uh, I was so happy to do. It's do you notice how fun it is to watch something when you have to watch it? It's like yeah. it makes it way more fun because you're like, oh, I'm, I'm I'm an anthropologist. I'm not just in watching this. It makes it yeah. like way more enjoyable. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely. Um, all right. Thanks, man. All right. You take.